Welcome to the C12 Podcast. C12 is a college and young adult ministry where 20-somethings at 12 Stone Church gather on Thursday nights. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. All right, what is up, C12? You guys doing good tonight? Good Thursday. Hey, welcome on in. It is the best night of the week. Uh, Man, we're so glad you're here. Uh, If you're just coming in, hey, go ahead and have a seat. We got something in the front row. Uh, Don't worry, it's not the spit zone. Like we, uh, (laughs) you can sit in the front row, you can sit up front. Uh, But man, we're just so glad that you're here. Hey, I want to shout out the worship team one more time. Can we just give them a round of applause? Hey, thank you guys so much. for worshiping with us every single week. And I want to highlight uh, two people right now in this ministry. Uh, uh, Riley Terry, where you at, dude? Uh, hey, it was Riley's birthday this past week, and it was Tyler Tom's birthday this past week. Hey, on the count of three, I want us all to sing a happy birthday. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. So awkward for you, I know. Wow, we are the most depressing happy birthday singers of all time. I've never heard a more monotoned happy birthday of all time. Happy birthday. Uh, Man, we are thankful for you guys. Uh, A little surprise for you, but I do want to highlight again, uh, Zach Porter, student pastor at Brazelton. Uh, We got Jeff in the house, student pastor from Snellville. And then Michael Lane, where are you at? Student pastor over the Sugarloaf campus. Uh, Hey, want you guys to get connected to them uh, after service. So we're going to get into that of of what it means to make an impact uh, through next gen and what it means to make an impact uh, through global. Uh, But I kind of wanted just to get inside tonight's teaching. Uh, And if if you're a note taker, hey, I want you to go ahead and pull out your phone, your journal, uh, whatever it is that you take notes on. uh, And we're just going to jump right in. And uh, I usually don't title uh, teachings, but I titled this one. Maybe that was more for me personally. Maybe maybe it's for you. But uh, I titled tonight, uh, I didn't plan for this. Uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't plan uh, for this. And I don't mean I didn't plan for this in terms of the teaching and I didn't think about things ahead of time. I, I mean that, hey, I didn't plan for this in terms of there's usually things in life that, that you don't plan for. Uh, and if tonight's your first night, uh, we've been in a series uh, called Church on Fire. And we've been talking about, hey, what does it mean to be a ministry that is sold out for the gospel? What does it mean to be a church uh, that is on fire? But every time it feels like uh, you're moving in a really good direction, you feel like God's moving in your life, it always feels like there's opposition, doesn't it? Like it always feels like, man, every time I feel like God's doing something, every time I feel like God's doing something and the things that I get to be a part of, or maybe the ministry that you serve in, or maybe it's uh, inside your job or, or inside your own personal life, every time you feel like God's doing something, there's always a little bit of opposition. And in, if you, uh, if it's tonight, tonight is your first night, we've been kind of going over the book of Acts and we've been unpacking some of the opposition that they faced. As the early church, and man, God's doing stuff. God's bringing revival. God's pouring out his Holy Spirit. God's doing something in the life of the church, but they, they faced opposition. And it always kind of happens that way, doesn't it? Like revival and resistance are always side by side. Like revival in your own life, and then there's just resistance right alongside of it. There's revival happening around you, and then there's just kind of resistance uh, alongside of you. Like it, God's doing something amazing, and then all of a sudden now it's, something's horrible, <laughs> Like, man, God's doing something cool in your life, and then next week everything's kind of just back to just a bunch of crap, and I I hate my life, and this week sucks, or maybe God brings an amazing breakthrough, and then all of a sudden there's just a huge setback. Have you ever asked yourself the question, you know, like, why can't things just go the way that I planned it? Why, why, why can't I just have things the way that I planned it? We ask this question a lot, and if you start to sit in that long enough, 
you start to ask the question of, well, why do I plan anyways? Because it's not going to work out the way that I wanted it to. Like you start, you stop asking the question of, of uh, why isn't it working the way that I planned it? Now you start asking the question of, well, why should I even plan anyways? It doesn't matter. You ever been in college and you're like, well, it doesn't matter. God's going to do something different anyways. Why do I even pick a major? Why, why does it matter? God's going to choose something else. Or you, you, you go to plan something and you're looking ahead at your life and, and maybe what God can do through you. And you're like, why does it matter? Every time I pick something, God's like, nope, a detour. And you're like, well, why does it matter? Why does it matter what I plan? And it feels like, well, I, I, I didn't plan for this. See, a lot of you guys know me. I'm from, I'm from the north originally. I'm from the great state of Wisconsin. Uh, thank you. Uh, one, one person. Uh, that, hey, hey, Badger fans for life, man. Uh, and, uh, and, and, man, being from the north, I, I went to, a lot of you guys know the journey. I went to school in Canada. Uh, I went even farther north, uh, farther into the cold. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, man, some of you southerns, like, you don't know cold yet. Like, winter's coming, but, like, you don't know winter like it is in the north. Like, like you, you grow up, and, like, some of you guys nod your heads because you know. Like, how many of you guys have ever taken a trip, to, like, to New York? You've been somewhere north. You know what I'm talking about. You've been in some bitter, cold type of stuff. Uh, man, there, there uh, was a time, my first year in college, and uh, I was at this school, and, and uh, part of the school, the way it's designed, is that it's on both sides of the river. And on one, uh, when you cross over the bridge, the bridge gets to negative 62 degrees Fahrenheit. Negative 62. If you have no idea what that feels like, just imagine someone like taking a knife repeatedly and just throwing it at your face. Like, that's what it feels like. It feels like, man, I'm just getting pinned by needles. Like, this just hurts. It sucks. Like, we had people, like, suing the school because they're, like, they're getting frostbite on their nose and their ears. And, like, you know the, the, the little Star Wars meme where the guy's eyes are all crusted together? Like, no, that was literally us. Like, we, like we were all crusted together. And, and I remember being there. I was like, man, I, I, like, I know this weather, but, like, I, I didn't plan for this. I didn't, I didn't plan for this. I didn't ask for this type of weather. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm more like, a, dude, let's have warm weather. Let's have the beach. Where are my summer people at? Like, you just want, like, dude, man, winter is just, like, it's depressing. Like, we'll buy you a UV lamp. I don't know. We'll give you a GoFundMe. Like, have something that is warm inside your room. And, and tonight, I kind of want to answer, uh, 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 what do I do when I didn't plan for this? What, what do I do when I didn't plan for this? And I kind of want to set the, the context. If you got your Bible, why don't you go ahead and pull it out? Or maybe you got it out on, on your phone and, and go ahead and turn to Acts 27. We're going to kind of camp inside uh, one of the last passages of, of Scripture that we're going to focus on inside this series. And we're going to talk about uh, maybe the things that they didn't plan for, but the things that God still did uh, inside of it. And you see how, how Paul is, is being used inside of this. Uh, and you see how, 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 how God designed it uniquely to use people even in setbacks. And I want to go kind of over this first point. I'm going to unpack it. But you got to know the context of that. You know, he's really trying to travel to Rome. So he's got his destination. I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere. And then because of a storm, there's a detour. Because of something that happens in his life around him, it kind of shifts his path. It, it changes what he's doing. And I want to go over the first point, and then I'm going to unpack it. What do I do when I didn't plan for it? I want you to, one, see it coming so you don't end up running. See, see it coming so you don't end up running. In Acts 27, it says this. It said, much time had been lost. Okay, they're on, they're on this boat. They're originally trying to go to Rome. And, 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 and inside this whole passage, because of the storm, they have a, a detour. It said, and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was the day of atonement. So Paul warned them. says, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo. 
and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. And since the harbor was unsuitable to winter, and the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. So let me, let me just kind of unpack this passage. Like what, 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 what's going on? What's happening right now? So inside this passage, you see, hey, Paul, Paul's kind of this experienced traveler. Later on in Scripture, you're seeing that Paul is actually, he's shipwrecked three times. So he's this experienced traveler. He, know, he knows what he's about to endure. He's done this. It's not his first rodeo. And you think that you know what he's talking about. And he's talking about the Day of Atonement. If you don't know what that is inside Scripture, it's just this, just this Jewish holiday that they celebrated where they'd come together and they'd ask for forgiveness of their sins. And this day would actually most likely be in the fall time. And so what he's saying is that, hey, it's after this day, which means that winter is coming. Like, like winter's about to happen. Like now's not the time to travel. Now, now's not the time to be at sea. Now's not the time uh, uh, to, to go ahead and, 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 and kind of embark in this journey. And there's got to be things that maybe he didn't ask for. See, in some ways, he, 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 he didn't plan for this, but in some ways, he sees it coming. In some ways, he didn't, I, I'm not planning for this voyage. I don't know what's going to happen, but there's a part of me that like, hey, I know the season that I'm in. I, I can see it coming. And there are some things in your life where maybe you didn't plan for this. Maybe it's unexpected events. But sometimes we have to know, we have to see what's coming. How many of you have ever been uh, skiing, snowboarding before? You ever been, uh, 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 we, got, we got an avid snowboarder, you ski? Sne- snowboard, okay, that's cooler because I ski and I'm a little bit more lame. So, uh, and uh, if you ski in this room, I, I'm, I apologize. But uh, snowboarding just looks cooler on X Games, you know. And, uh, and, and so I, I grew up uh, skiing on my first time in South Dakota. Some of you guys knew this story of, of when I was at this great uh, bear lodge. And, and we're going down. I'm skiing. It's the first time you go skiing. Uh, uh, raise your hand again if, you, if you've ever been skiing or snowboarding before. And you know, like, when, you, when, you, when you're first learning it, you just feel like a kid, man. You, you feel like a child. And I'm, I'm out there skiing. And you do, like, the little pizza. You know what I mean? And this is how you, this is how you slow down. This is how you stop. So the whole time when you're going down the hill, I'm just sitting there doing this, you know? I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this feels supernatural for a 6'1 dude just going down a hill. And, uh, and then you finally get more comfortable after you do the pizza, and then you, you start to learn the basics. And the hardest thing is to get off the lifts. Every time I'm getting off the lift, I'm just slammed to the ground and slammed the ground. And I got bruises all over me. And I'm like, dude, I didn't, I didn't plan for this. And then I go down a little trail. And, uh, and, and there's a little trail that some of the experienced uh, uh, snowboarders and skiers kind of went on. There's some other uh, experienced people who ended up uh, taking this other path. And, and I didn't know about it. And so I just went down by myself. I went down this, uh, this hill, a little, a little, little hill. <laughs> And then we end up in the woods, and I'm like, oh, sh- shoot, shoot. That's what I said. And it gets dark. There's no lights. It's like it's at night. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I can't see anything. And we start going through. Like, it's, the, narrow, the path just gets more narrow and narrow and narrow to the point where you're like, literally, you're like a twig. And uh, all I see are like two trees that are in front of me. And I tell you, dude, I hit those trees so freaking hard. Like, dude, helmet, goggles went off, skis went flying everywhere. I was like playing pinball, like through the trees. Like, it just looked like a giant yard sale afterwards. Like, craps everywhere, all over the ground. Like, I'm sitting there, like in the woods. And I'm like, should I cry? Should I be impressed that I made it out? Like, what? Like, what? what like, what, what? What should I do? You know? So I'm just like laying there in the snow. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> why, why? Why did we do this? <laughs> See, I, I didn't like plan to crash. That wasn't the whole goal. It wasn't to, oh, let's go to the top of the mountain. Let's just, let's just crash and break some bones. I love it. <laughs> That's my goal. See, I didn't plan for it, but, it, but sometimes you're at the top of the hill. You can see it coming. 
You don't, sometimes you don't plan for the things that, that happen in your life, but there are some things that you do see coming. They're the things that you don't plan for, but they're things that you do see happening around you. Sometimes as followers of Jesus, we just get surprised when bad things happen. Like we kind of get shocked, like, oh, what the heck, like me? Like, like the bad thing would happen to me. Like, God, don't you see, like, I'm, 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 I'm your child. Like, I'm the, I'm the holy anointed one. Like, God, like, why would that happen to me? Why would someone in my family get cancer? Why, why would somebody uh, in my life uh, end up losing or taking their own life? Why, why does the bad always happen to me? And we question of like, well, I just don't get it. I'm his child. Why are bad things happening? And you see this in John 16, where it says this. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have what? Oh, you can say it louder than that. You will have what? You'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, you're gonna have things that you didn't plan for. You're gonna have to deal with things that, that maybe are issues that you didn't wanna deal with. You're gonna have family drama that you didn't ask for. You're gonna have issues in your life that you didn't plan for. You're gonna have things inside your marriage that, that you really didn't see that, that you wanted to be designed that way. There, there's gonna be things around you in your life that are gonna happen. But what Jesus is saying is, in this world, you will have trouble. Don't be surprised when it happens. Don't be surprised when bad things happen. Don't be surprised when it's around you. See, oftentimes we just get shocked that bad things would happen to us. And I think what Paul's really trying to say is, hey, you know what? We, although you don't plan for it, you kind of see it coming. Like it, It's inevitable. It's going to happen. But hey, take heart because Jesus is with you. Take heart because no matter what you go through, no matter what you face, no matter what your mental health state is, no matter how big your sin struggle is, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you're questioning, no matter how big the confusion, hey, there's going to be things you didn't plan for, but God is always with you in every season. Jesus is always with you in every season. Jesus is here, and you don't have to face things on your own. If, even if you don't see it coming, if you don't see it coming, you're going to end up running away. I want to go over the second thing. Not every storm is from the devil. <laughs> Not every storm is from the devil. Let me go on and, and unpack. Paul goes after it. says in verse 18, if you follow along, Acts 27. It says, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. So they're just dumping everything. <laughs> When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they had gone for a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice. Let me just pause there. These are not comforting words. Like it's in the middle of this giant storm. They haven't eaten. It's dark. They can't really see anything. It's just in the middle of this storm. It's all around them. And what Paul really has the audacity to say is, hey, you should have taken my advice. <laughs> then you would have spared yourselves in this damage and this loss. <laughs> see, this isn't just some like fun little uh, uh, picture here. This isn't just a, a little luxury boat. This is not like a, a little pontoon boat with your friends and it's in the summertime. You got your favorite music on. You got your pimento cheese dip. You got like, you got your favorite drink. Like you, it's like, it's set up for you. Like, man, this is, no, this is probably a boat, a giant wooden boat that would just, in today's day and age, you'd be like, dude, this boat sucks. Like this boat is like, it's uncomfortable. It's just giant wooden thing. It's really more functional than comfortable. This boat had 276 people on board. 
Let's just put that in perspective. That's almost double this room. It's 276 people on this. So it's not a little pontoon boat. This is some giant wooden boat. How many of you guys are introverts in the room? Oh, man, you'd lose your mind. <laughs> you'd be like, oh, dude, I don't know, man. If we got to lighten the load, I'm just <laughs> a little stab and you're off. Like, you know, we, like, I'm, you're out, dude. Like, I can't handle, I can't handle the people. Hey, all the ADH people in the room. <laughs> Where are you guys at? All the extroverts. You got, you know, you're the outgoing ones, man. You maybe, you probably wouldn't stop talking. You probably wouldn't stop crying. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, you, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in the middle of the storm. And see, this, this is what they feel. Go ahead and throw that verse back up. This is what they feel. It says that they, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. They finally just gave up hope of being saved. It's dark. They would use the sun and the stars to navigate where they're going with, with the boat. And because they can't see the sun and the stars, they just feel like they're lost. Like, who knows how far we're out at sea? Who knows where we're even at? Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And so they just gave up all hope of being saved. This is what they feel. They just feel like they're all in despair. There's moments in our life where we just feel like, man, I'm, I'm never going to be free of this sin struggle. I'm never going to date someone who loves me for who I am. I'm never going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm never going to get out of this horrible job situation. I'm, I'm never going to be able to push through the struggle inside of my marriage. And you know what Paul really comes alongside? He said something that's really not comforting. It's a little bit more convicting. He says, man, you should have taken my advice. Basically, Paul's like, I told you so. Like, hey, dummy, like, I told you this was going to happen. How many got that one friend? They're like, you know, when, 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 when you're wrong and they're, the, and they're right, they're like, I told you so. I told you so. Like, I, I, told, I, I told you that. I knew that was going to happen. How many of you guys had that friend? You're like, they, they told you that before. And you're like, ah, wrong time, wrong timing. <laughs> it always feels like it's the worst timing. See, Paul's words aren't really comforting. What Paul's trying to get at is that there are some storms. Hang with me. Listen. There are some storms that could be prevented if you just listen to somebody else's advice. There are some storms that can be prevented if you just listen to somebody else's advice. See, we live in a generation where we want the relationships with other people. We just don't want the advice that they offer. We want to know that they love us, but we don't want the fact that they want to correct us. And then you wonder why the same storms keep happening in your life. Because I just want you to hear me, but I don't want your input. See, when you're in the aftermath of a breakup, maybe you didn't pay attention to the advice that your friends gave. So now there's a big storm of hurt that, that could have been prevented. I told you this point isn't comforting. <laughs> maybe when you're aftermath of feeling lost about what you're supposed to do in life and you're in your late 20s, but in your early 20s, you just spent making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, and now there's a big storm of confusion about what to do that maybe could have been prevented. Maybe when you're in the aftermath of, of drama and gossip, but your small group leaders and your mentors and friends told you, hey, hey, you, you got to flee from that. You got to find better friends, and now you're fake, facing the backlash of all this gossip and drama. And that was this big old storm that you feel like you're in, and maybe that could have been prevented. When you're in the aftermath, maybe of your own sin, and you just choose, like, you know what, I'm just gonna, it doesn't matter, I don't care, I'm just gonna keep making the same, uh, 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 just decision to, to keep on sinning and to keep choosing the same thing, and, and now you have to face the consequences of, of your own decision. See, not every storm is from the devil because there are some storms that are a result of our decisions. There are just are some storms that could be the result of our decisions. That, that's, that's the punch that Paul's trying to pack. 
This is, this is what I'm really trying to help you understand. Hey, 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 guys, this could have been prevented. We, we could have avoided this. See, bad storms can come from bad decisions. And our storms can continue to be bad if our decisions are too. And Paul offers this, hey, we could have prevented this, but let's move on. I want to acknowledge that. Here, here's kind of the punch. Here's the conviction. But now, now let, me, let me offer a little bit of encouragement. And it goes into the third point. I want to go over. It says, don't confuse faith with false optimism. Don't confuse faith with false optimism. Look what happens in Acts 27. Now he goes on. After the fact, he said, hey, this could have been prevented. Paul goes on and says, hey, but now I urge you to keep up your courage. Like, we, we could have done differently. We could have made a different decision. We could have done something else, right? But, hey, now I want to urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and who I, who I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So this is after the fact. After the fact, you know what, dude? We could have done that differently. Now let's move on. I want to, I want to encourage you. And when Paul's getting out, he says, I have no idea. They were out there for a few weeks on the, out on the sea and not having any sort of, of, of direction, not having any sort of when, when this is going to end. Paul doesn't know when it's going to end. He doesn't know when it's going to change. He doesn't know uh, uh, what's going to be different about a week from now. But what he, does, what he does know is that, hey, God says that you, hey, you'll make it. Like, you, you will prevail. Let, let me just illustrate it differently. I want to illustrate it with what's known as the, as the Stockdale Paradox. Maybe some of you have heard of this before, but I want to unpack something that's known as the Stockdale Paradox. This name actually refers to someone who's Admiral Jim Stockdale. Any history majors in the room, you're like, uh, we got one, we got one, I love it. Any people who love history, you're like, I love, I mean, I love like any type of history. Uh, awesome, I'll talk to two people in the room. Awesome, okay. Uh, and uh, there's a guy named Admiral Jim Stockdale. He was the highest ranking official, United States military officer, and the Hanoi Hilton prisoner of war camp during the height of the Vietnam War. Jim Stockdale was tortured over 20 times. Catch this, over 20 times during his eight-year imprisonment from 1965 to 1973. So for eight years, Stockdale lived out of the war without any prisoner's rights. There's no set release date. There's no certainty as to when he would even uh, see freedom again or we'd see his family again. And so he just, sh- just shouldered this burden of, you know what, I could be here forever. And he's doing everything to create the conditions that would increase the number of prisoners who would survive unbroken. And he actually tr- tried to fight against the propaganda of how they would make and treat and look like, hey, prisoners are treated well. So Jim Stockdale himself, catch this, he would beat himself with a stool and cut himself with a razor, deliberately disfiguring himself, just so that way he would not put on videotape as an example of a well-treated prisoner. He went on to, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be used as propaganda. I have no idea how long I'll be here. And there's an interview that, that forever stuck with me. So Jim Stockdale went on to receive the Medal of Honor. And there was a student that went and interviewed him about, about this whole interaction, about the eight years that he was a, a, a prisoner of war. 
And this is something I think of almost on a monthly basis. And the student asked, he said, who didn't make it out? And Jim Stockdale goes on to say, oh, that's easy. It's the optimists. The optimists were the ones that didn't make it because they're the ones that said, hey, we're going to be out by Christmas. And then Christmas would come and then Christmas would go. And then they'd say, oh, well, we'll, we'll be out by Easter. And then Easter would come and then Easter would go. And then they'll say, oh, you know what? Like, we'll, we'll be out by Thanksgiving. And then, you know what? Christmas would come around. And then Jim Stockdale said this. He said, they died of a broken heart. And he goes on to say, this is a very important lesson. We took this quote. I want you to write it down if you can. Take a picture of it. Maybe this can even transform something in the way that you think about faith. And Jim Stockdale says this. He says, you must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose. With the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose. You can never afford to lose the faith in God. You can never afford to lose the faith that you have. But also at the same time, you cannot ignore and, and to, to confront the brutal facts that are in your current reality. Basically what he's saying is don't confuse faith with false optimism. Don't confuse faith with false optimism. Don't let go of faith, but don't neglect of what you need to confront. Listen, I, I know that maybe in our world isn't the best at reaching people who have been hurt by the church, but you know what? I really have a deep faith in God that, hey, God's going to restore people and that, and that God can really mend broken hearts and God can reconcile things. And, and, and I really believe, hey, C12 can do that in the young adult demographic, but hey, we got some work to do, don't we, as a church? <laughs> Like, we, we know that we're not perfect, and we know that, hey, we don't have it all together, but, hey, we want to go make a difference. We want to make an impact in somebody else's life. Let's not ignore the fact and not have faith in God, but we got to confront some pretty honest uh, uh, realities in front of us, that there is a hurting and broken world, people who are looking like, hey, do people practice what they preach? Are, are they looking for that? I know young adults are looking to see, hey, is the church legit? legit? Are they, are they going to practice what they preach? I'm going to tell you right now, like, I think I really believe, hey, C12 can be on the forefront in Gwinnett County of what it means to really, hey, we're going to practice what we preach. We're not perfect, and we're not going to have it all together all the time, but sometimes in our culture, what we're really, really good at is that we love to have just this master's degree in criticism, yet we're kind of a rookie when it comes to contribution. Like, we, like we love to just, you know what, we put people on pedestals, and then like, oh, the church did this, and you did wrong, and, and you failed there. Hey, maybe in the gap where something is missing, maybe that's where God has actually asked you, hey, come and contribute and come be a part of the problem. Like, come and be a part of the mission. Come and be a part of how we can actually go and reach other people for Jesus. Come be a part of what it means to make an impact. Listen, I know that, hey, we're, we're growing in awareness on mental health, and the world isn't the, the best at how to acknowledge it or walk towards it or pray in it. But you know what? Hey, we got some work to do, and I think that there's an assignment that God actually has for us and that God actually has for his church. God has an assignment for us, and I really believe that in the gap where we feel like something's missing, maybe that, that's where God wants to call you deeper. That's where God really wants to call you deeper. So where do we start with it? What does that even look like? What, what, what am I supposed to do with that? You've been around uh, C12 over the past couple weeks. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about uh, next gen, uh, things that we're going to start to lean inside of. Um, we're going to talk about global. Uh, and we're going to talk about what it means to make a difference right here uh, in C12. How many been on Sunday and you heard the concept of Daymaker? Come on, let's go. <laughs> You know, hey, this is the heartbeat of who we are as a church. 
that we want to go and make people's days because we really believe at its core, the disposition is that we want to make people's days because we often saw throughout scripture, Jesus made people's day before he made them new. He made people's day before he made them new. And how we're going to go make an impact is we're really going to lean into these three lanes. We're going to lean into, in, into the aspect of next gen. That as there's an intergenerational leadership inside of C12 and there's small group leaders like Stephen and Ned. And we got some other ones in the mix that want to pour into your life. That Hey, in, in transit, that we can as a ministry pour into the lives of middle school and high school students. Because we believe, hey, maybe God has put you in a spot where you can go make a difference in someone who had the same struggle as you. Who has the same journey as you. And I really believe God can use your past to, to really involve in somebody else's present. And that's the lane that we're going to camp inside is, is next gen and focusing on M12 and H12 because we believe that you have something to offer. We believe that you can make an impact and we're, we're going to do this inside global. We're doing two global trips in 2023. We're doing one to Sierra Leone in Africa and we're doing one to Guatemala. I want, I want to unpack which ones uh, are, are where the, the one to Africa is going to be in March of 2023. And you're saying, well, what does that look like? The one in Africa is going to be partnering with an organization called World Hope International. And we get to come alongside kids who have special needs and, 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 and they're really ostracized in that part of the world. And we get to go and serve the team that's already there. We get to come alongside and say, you know what? We acknowledge that there's a problem. We acknowledge that, hey, there's, there's brokenness here. And we want to become a part and making impact, not just on a local scale, but on a global scale. And we get to do that in Africa. We get to do that in Guatemala. In Guatemala, we get to partner with an organization called Medical Missions Ministries. And, that, and, and when we get to go, and that'll be in July of 2023, you're going to get dates about that when you, there are interest forms, and we'll get you connected. I'll talk about that in a second. But we're going to partner with what's called Medical Missions Ministries. And a big thing in Guatemala is a lot of people who don't have a lot of the medical help that they need. And so they go to villages and they go and they, they offer medication that they need. They offer vitamins. They offer uh, dental uh, care. And they, they do all these things in the villages. And what we get to do is that, hey, we get to come alongside. And maybe you're not medically gifted, but you have something to offer, which is really the presence of God. And you get to pray over people. I've seen people healed of sicknesses. I've seen people healed of ailments. I've seen people set free of certain addictions and I really believe as a ministry we can go make an impact in Guatemala by praying and knowing that hey God's not just moving in Gwinnett County God's moving all over the world come on we can get excited about that so out in the lobby we got we got two tents one for next gen and one for global maybe saw those student pastors that are up here hey they just love to connect with you maybe you're like dude I I need to step in I need to make an impact somewhere I, I need to start making a difference inside the next generation. I need to start making a difference on a global scale. The whole concept of Daymaker, it's not just, hey, wear a T-shirt, wear a name tag. The concept of Daymaker is that it actually be a disposition inside your heart to say, you know what, as the rest of the world might live inward, we're going to choose to live outward. We're going to choose to go, hey, make an impact in somebody else's life, to go serve when other people aren't serving, to go fill the gap when we see a need, and to go love on people where the rest of the world say, hey, dude, there's no place for you. Hey, there's a place inside the church. And what does that look like maybe inside C12? Maybe for you, you're like, dude, I just got a burden for young adults. I got a burden for to reach people on my campus. I got a burden to reach people inside this ministry. I got, I got, I got a burden to, to see other people who are young adults that are hurting. I'm not even going to ask for a raise of hands, but I know that there's people that you know that are in your life that are hurting. And man, if they had an encounter with Jesus, it would change everything, wouldn't it? 
It would change everything about their life. And maybe God has designed you, you know what, to be a daymaker inside Next Gen, to be a daymaker inside Global. And maybe it's to be a daymaker right here in this ministry because I really believe I have faith that, and I know that God can use this ministry inside Gwinnett County. But there is a, a pretty uh, a brutal reality that we have to face that there's people who are questioning the church. There's people who have been hurt by the church. There's people questioning, like, are they legit? Is it really in them? Do you really mean what you say? Are you really going to love with no strings attached? And you know what? This is the disposition position of who we are as a ministry. We want to give more than we take. We want to love people with nothing in return. This is why we show up on campus at GGC and we just buy people's coffee and then people always ask, well, what's the catch? Do you want me to join your club now? Do you want me to come to your thing? And I said, no, I just, we love you and God loves you and we want to make your day and we want to bless you. That's why we do that at UNG. It's what it means to be making people's days to make a difference in someone else's life. I just want maybe God to reveal what is that area for you? Maybe you've been sitting inside this and you're like, dude, I've I just been sitting on the sidelines. I've just been camping out here and I've just been looking at all the things the church should be doing. I'm pointing the finger and maybe tonight's invitation is that you'd step in to, hey, we can see God do big things because God wants to do big things in you. God wants to use you to make a difference. God wants you to make an impact. God wants you to make a difference. I wanna pray before we end and worship. And I just want you to go ahead and stand to your feet and maybe this prayer's for you, maybe it's not. Maybe you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm serving in some area right now. Maybe for you, you, just gotta, you gotta double down where you're at. You gotta double down the area that you're serving. Maybe for you, you're like, I just, man, I, I'm not plugged in anywhere. I know that God has given me a gifting. I know that he's called me uh, uh, to really make a difference. I don't know what that is. Hey, we'd love to help you. We'd love to figure that out. That's why we're here tonight. That's just why we're leaning into these three lanes. So let me pray. So God, I just pray over tonight. God, I pray over, uh, God, all those in this room. God, you had them here tonight on purpose. God, we always... God, want your kingdom to come in this room. God, we always ask for your presence. And God, I just pray over tonight that God, you would... You would do something in God inside people's hearts. The areas where like, you know what? I don't think that's for me, God. Would you maybe just give that nudge, that nudge to go make a difference? God, you have people in this room, God, who you've designed to make a difference. You've designed because of their story and their personality and their wiring. Maybe in the season where they're just, they're questioning calling, they're questioning what they should even do. They're questioning, is this the job for them? They're questioning where they're at, that, that God, you could do something inside this moment and maybe it just could be a nudge to a next step. So God, we just make ourselves available to you. And God, we just say, here we are, we're available. God, and come use me. So make that prayer right now before we worship. Make that your own personal prayer that God would make you available. Make yourselves available before God and how he wants to use you. We pray this in your name. Everybody said, amen. Let's worship C12. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. To stay connected with C12, make sure to follow us on Instagram at C12stone. One of the best ways to get connected with others and grow in your relationship with God is jumping into a small group. To sign up for small groups, go to 12stone.com smallgroups and search college. We hope to see you next week.